back. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Over the Bridge Podcast. Um, today, we have a very special episode. We were joined by a guest who's going to be tackling everything around personal finance. Um, so yeah, definitely have your pens and papers out for notes. Going to get a lot of practical tips um, around that. Today, we're joined by three out of four demandum. Got myself, Koyoku. Um, we're also joined by Patrick, Himani, Tommy Dyer. Hello. Hello. What's good? Hello, Tom. Cool. And uh, Timmy, do you want to briefly introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, guys. My name's Timmy. I'm the founder of a company called Mr. Manager, and I do personal finance and investing guidance for young people in the UK. Nice. Sweet. So, a bit of background. Um, Timmy and I actually went to the same school. Yeah, we go way back. Okay. Yeah, there's a bit of of history. What school is that again? Uh, Wellington County Grammar School for Boys. He got what is Wellington Mandem? The proper accent. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Waddington. Them ends are actually OT, you know, like that whole, what's it, St. Helier and all of that. That's, out, that's OT, oh, that's out there, man. It's is out it? There. Yeah, out there. It's kind of, if you know Sutton, it's kind of like in between Sutton and Croydon. Just mm. like yeah, yeah. Dead yeah. in the middle okay. of both. Yeah, you're in the same year as my brother, weren't you? Exactly, yeah. Dami. Dami was a troublemaker. Well, are you older or younger than Kweku? Older, but maybe like three, yeah, three years. years or so. Okay, so he was a younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So YG. Yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough, we actually—I mean, there was a long period in time, you know—didn't run into him. But then we had a, a, a event run by a mutual friend, Carl. Can I do shout out, Carl? Yo, yeah, okay, Carl. 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 You're oh, a you wolf, innit? Yeah, that's it. Yes, man, like Carl. <laughs> Carl's a little bit bait as well, actually. You know what I think of it. It's but, a bait guy. Um, yeah, I just so met him randomly it. one day and asked him if I could have like a lunch with him just to chat with him because yeah. he was doing like these videos on, on Twitter and yes, stuff. Yes, yes, the movie. Then I just said, ah, oh, I met him. I saw him on the street. I was like, yo, Carl, innit? And he said, yeah, I am. So <laughs> and then I met him. Big up Carl anyway. I'm, I'm going off. I'm going off. Yeah, yeah, sick guy, sick guy, sick guy. But yeah, we ran into each other at one of his events and and just caught up and. Mm. Um, I personally have, you know, quite a strong interest in personal finance. I'm thinking about ways in which I can, you know, essentially retire early. Honestly, maybe retire early slash get to a stage in my own financial journey where um, working is more so out of pleasure, passion, and pleasure as opposed mm, yeah. to having to do it in order mm, to mm. cover my expenses. And do you, my do you have like a, a an age in mind where you wanna um, wanna get to that stage? I have an age that will be sick, like. Optimal, which mm. is 35. 35. That's, that's, that's eight years. So that's that's a bit of a myth. Basically, the idea is that I'll just find a few things to mash P very quickly. <laughs> but the realistic goal <laughs> that is... That unicorn um, there, man. <laughs> who knows, man? But 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 the realistic goal is um, kind of like early to mid 40s. Yeah, okay. Ideal. But there's, yeah. there's certain things you can do in order to yeah. plan ahead. Mm. And um, there's some concepts around financial independence that we covered a little bit with Ken, if you yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Let me not go on too much. Let me get um, Timmy to talk a little bit about it. So firstly, I guess, um, you know, what was your journey into getting into the whole personal finance education? Yeah, sure. So at my first job, um, we switched pension providers. So we were with Scottish Widows and then we moved to another provider called Hargreaves Lansdowne, which is the platform that I use to invest at the moment. And I used the woman- to give advice to SWIP actually. Scottish okay. Widows Investment Pensions, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. What's your background? Um, I used to, I like a macro strategist. I'm a credit strategist now, so I give advice to pension funds and things like that. And oh, stuff. cool. So the stuff they invest to, and then they put it down to retail. So yeah, institutional investors only. So yeah, yeah. Very so, nice, yeah. very nice. Um, the pensions lady came in and we went into a meeting room and uh, she was like, oh yeah, so you can invest your pension and she pulled up a screen and she was like, you can pick option A, which is like the normal one, option B, which is like the medium one, and option C, which was the risky one. And I asked her, okay, so which should I pick? And she was like, I'm not a financial advisor, I can't tell you. And we just proceeded to gently stare into each other's eyes for the <laughs> remaining 30 minutes because she couldn't help me. She wasn't <laughs> CF30 approved. Yeah, and yeah. I was just kind of like, there isn't enough information out there. Not everyone is lucky enough so to- wait, why, why was she given- the presentation if she had no idea. Oh, you can do that. No, no. So I have to distinguish with this. You can give 
information about Guidance. products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it comes to giving someone the, the, advice, the decision making, okay, you have to do like a set of exams. You have to be blah, CFA blah, blah, to, certified or something. No, not CFA, um, FCA. FCA. Approved. Okay, so you have bad. to, it's a responsibility called CF30, which is basically like a fiduciary responsibility. That means you can talk to various clients. Right. So you have okay. to do some exams in regulation, securities. So legally speaking, she couldn't give you yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she couldn't yeah. tell me what mm. to invest in or, mm. or anything specific like that. But I felt like I didn't have enough enough information and so proceeded to read lots of books and read lots of articles online and start to invest and play about myself and now I've gotten to a point where I'm sharing it with other people mm. um, and I've been running um, Mr Money just since the start of April this year. Nice. And how long was that journey? So when did you have that conversation with um, the oh, pension? This was, this was like four or five years ago now. Okay. Wow. okay. It's just been an organic process since mm. then. That's great. And did you have any kind of sort of financial background before? Or like, what, what, what what's your sort of bread and butter? What what did you study? What did you do? I studied law because okay. I have Nigerian parents. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't go on to practice law, worked in marketing for a bit, but I've always been interested in money and how to manage it and yeah. the role that it plays in all of our lives. So mm-hmm. if you think about the point that Koku just made, you know, financial independence is very attractive to people mm. because you know, rightly or wrongly, the society that we live in is one that requires us to earn an income to be able to live. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have to earn an income, but you're not able to manage money that well, or you don't have as much income as you would like, that might lead you to work in jobs you don't like, live in houses you don't like, remain in relationships that you don't want to be in. And I'm all about giving people options and allowing them to live the lives that they want to live. Because you only only get one. Mm -hmm. Wanna make a meal nine to five and an option? <laughs> it was coming, man. It was coming. I was waiting for when you gonna. You didn't do it in the last episode when I was waiting. But we didn't get the full set. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I can't do it in full set. Wanna make a meal nine to five and an option? <laughs> Did it? There you go. That's the full set. Today. Appreciate it, man. There you go. Very nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a really interesting point that you made about. Because obviously, money does make the world go round. But we don't. Well, at least I've never really stopped to think. Wow, like not being in the in in the financial position that I want to be in is holding me back, not just from acquiring stuff, but actually just like I mean, you mentioned relationships was and Tom was like raw. And I was like in my head I was like raw. Well. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, it's um I've never thought of it that way, but it is kind of yeah, it's quite a gives you choice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, with the the work you do, who do you find kind of like being drawn to? Um, to your information like who's your core audience would you say yeah 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 so um, I do a monthly meetup that's free to all to attend the people who attend and it's in Brixton so the people who come to that tend to be more reflective of my demographic mm-hmm. sort of 18 to 34 mm-hmm. um, professionals earning well well educated but maybe have a lot of money sitting in savings accounts and don't really know what to do with it mm. equally on Instagram it's a similar demographic um, and I'm just finding ways to reach because th- there's a lot of good stuff being done, I think, for people who are slightly older than us. So do we all know who Martin Lewis is, for example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah founder of yeah, Money yeah, Saving Expert. Yeah, yeah. He's good. So he's very, very good. And I emulate myself after him, but I sort of feel like the audience he's addressing are people who maybe already own homes, right. um, have a bit of equity. I'm trying to reach the the layer below that, people mm-hmm. who are perhaps still renting. Yeah. Um, and are looking for something different to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned that it's uh, a lot of your following is people that belong to your demographic. Do you mean that just in sort of working terms, like employment wise, or um, like young black people as well? Do you know what? It's very, very mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just black people, it's black, white, Asian, mm-hmm. men, women, mm-hmm. which I'm actually really happy about because. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, there's a certain extent to which I could just be speaking to a room of dudes who mm. want to like invest and make a quick buck. But the desire to better um, oneself yeah. mm. and to get a better management the one, of money is shared by all. It was mm. funny you were talking mm-hmm. about a quick buck. I I, um, I often find it funny when people say, you talk to someone, oh, what do you invest in? I invest in FX. It's like, <laughs> so yeah. okay. now this is the thing is, it's like, okay, so is it, Cash or is it synthetic? That what does that using? mean? Because I'm, so, so, I'm very so, not financially so, so minded. Foreign exchange. So like you. Oh, FX. Yeah, okay. yeah sorry, FX. Like, and so it's like, yeah, is it okay. cash or is it synthetic? Like, oh, I'm, I'm, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, so are you actually going to someone and you're saying, I want to buy dollars? 
against and I'm going to buy it with pounds or are you betting that the pound yeah. goes up? That's mm-hmm. not investing. That's speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I often feel, and you can go on about this as well, I often feel people um, just get the difference between investing and speculation. Um, speculation. Yeah. And even when it comes to investing as well, I think people often get the time horizon quite wrong mm. as well. They don't understand that there are different types of investors. There are different styles of investing as well. So there are people who you put your, you know, you get people who are like super, super long-term investors. You don't care about the fluctuations. And this is like the Benjamin Graham kind of school of thought. You find a or valuable a company or a Buffett. I mean, yeah, Buffett yeah. was taught by Graham, right? He went to yeah. go and seek him and that kind of school of thought. Mm. He says, let me go and buy something. Buffett used to own uh, Gillette for, uh, and put it in his portfolio in Berkshire, Hath- Berkshire Hathaway, which is one one stock in a class A is 200,000 bucks now. It's, it's come from a long way. Mm. And he said, you buy something that sticks and it's always going to have a long-term value. So there are different kinds of investing, but I feel that people mm. often don't know so, that. Yeah, so my best definition of investing is the allocation of your current re- resources in the expectation of a future return. Okay. Right? Although future returns are not guaranteed. <clears throat> and and how does that... Which are not guaranteed. <laughs> if you do not expect a return, then you're speculating... And if you don't expect a return in the future, then you're trading. And it's very, very important. Say that, say, say that again. So if, if, if you don't expect a return, then you're if, speculating. Then you're you're gambling. Yeah. And if you expect the return now, now, as opposed to right. years and years in the future, then you're trading. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. That makes sense. Very never, different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what if somebody is sort of speculating, but they are... Making that, money from it, yeah. Or, they, so they like you're you're expecting a return, but you're like it's iffy. Does that, does that still count yeah? And as actually, speculation. And also, there's a question as well in it because I, I I kind of want to question your definition on that as well because, um, let's say you're an investor, right? Mm. You are an investor. Uh, you're an institutional investor. You buy something, and the allocation size. You you buy a bond. The allocation size of bonds is of hundred hundred thousand by hundred thousand. So hundred thousand is your minimum clip. Mm. Um, you lose money, but you didn't expect to lose money on it. And they say it was a credit instrument. Does mm. that make you a trader? Or does that just make you someone who just got mismarked on you have to now mark your book to market? I think, so that's a that's a question about inputs versus outcomes, right? If you're, if you've done your due diligence and you've done your research and the investment's not gone well, that's, you know, that's part of the risk of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, For yeah, me, yeah. it's about the attitude you go into okay. when you make okay. the investment. No, thank you. So, so, yeah. so it comes down to your sort of preparedness before you you you, you put your resources yeah. down, essentially. So yeah. if you've done the research and you've calculated that, you know, you're going to actually make some money out of this, that is an investment rather than someone who's just putting money at something because it's like, oh, it might go up, it might go down. We'll see what happens. Yeah, That's I mean, speculation. Let's look at, um, and that speculation is not immoral. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But that's it's just a, a key definition. Different yeah, mindset, yeah, right? And if yeah. we look at a lot of the behavior around cryptocurrency mm. in 2017, towards the end of 2017. That's speculation, right? There were people just throwing money in because it was going up. Yeah. yeah. But why was it going up? Mm-hmm. Animal okay. spirits. fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, and, um, no, go on, go on. Go on. Yeah, no, I just wanted please. to un- understand a bit more about, um, so you said that you did a lot of reading. Um, what, what kind of, where did you start? Like, because I'm, uh, when it comes to finance, I'm still very much a novice. Okay. Um, so, so I would I would recommend to everyone, um, very good book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot of the fundamentals about the difference between assets and liabilities in there. Mm-hmm. Simple definition, asset is something which puts money in your pocket and mm-hmm. the liability is something which takes money out. Mm-hmm. And if you net over the course of your productive life, buy assets, so stocks, um, but also you could, I mean, this podcast is an asset. You could write books, you could invent things then you will become wealthy because those things will work on your behalf to earn money. Mm-hmm. Equally, if you buy, eat, if you eat, drink, wear your money over the course of your life, then you'll lose money mm-hmm. because those aren't things which tend to appreciate in value over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, so Rich Dad, Poor Dad is like the sort of one-on-one for you. That's mm. a good book, man. That's yeah, really is, very good. Because really the thing is, you know, like you have all these kind of like different sort of self-help books and they... People always have their sort of opinions on them. I, a lot of the time when people talk about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for me, it's like the equivalent of like in like kind of like literature of like the alchemist. Like people yeah. are like, oh, it's very kind of like it's stuff that yeah. it's, it's not but that no, deep the thing is, or it's not, or it's not tangible. I think, I've heard not, that one before about Rich Dad, Poor Dad not being tangible. But it's the, I think it's the takeaways that you get from the mm, book. Mm-hmm. And I think the most, one of the most important takeaways is ultimately there is something that can put money into your pocket. Mm-hmm. There is something that can take money out of your pocket. Mm. 
the one thing I would say about Rich Dad Poor Dad, though, mm-hmm. it was written quite a long time ago, mm-hmm. and the interest rate was very different. Yeah, and right. what and basically what I mean by that is, um, years ago you could have put your money in savings and you would have got five, six, seven percent. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? UK Treasuries were doing like seven, eight, nine, ten percent years ago. You could have bought a government bond, which was perceived to be risk-free. Mm. In other words, there's no risk that the government will go default. At least, mm. you mean, you go to other parts of the world. That's, yeah. that's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. But this is like triple A rated. Like it's yeah. as good as gold. In fact, they used to call, um, the uh, UK bonds, government bonds are called gilts because they used to be gold edged when you got the coupon. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The paper used to be gold edged. So they're called gilts, like the gold standard. Mm. Um, However, moving forward, we're now in what we call a low or zero interest rate environment. So I can't put my money in an ISA or savings account Mm. and get that kind of thing. So what's now happening is people are having to invest in more and more and more risky assets mm. to go and get a higher return. Mm. Because yeah. the, the principle, I can, I, this is the perfect time to come in, is that generally speaking with investments, and this is what you were going back to me when you're talking about the pen, the, the pension advice, well, not advisor, but the person making the presentation about you can go for something which is risky or you can go for something which is low risk. Mm. The general rule of thumb, and I will, I will stress this very carefully, it's a general rule of thumb, is uh, there's no no risk, no reward. If you want to get reward, you have to take a certain amount of risk with your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in in yeah. this practical example, Timmy, of um, uh, the pensions, if you were to take the low risk um, option, what would that materialize into? Because you're saying if you, there's no, no risk, no reward. Yeah. Why would anyone, what, what would you get out? What, what is the attraction of going for the low risk one then? Apart from, you know, I mean, for a pension and for someone who's quite young, you can afford to take more risk. I guess by risk, what we're talking about is volatility. So Mm. the value of your investment going up and down, you can afford to do that earlier on in your life because you're not going to have to realize the cash on that investment as quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, we we would be better off going for the high-risk thing. Mm -hmm. Having said everything we've just said, Mm. though, there are ways to invest, and this is what I teach, um, in a way that isn't risk-free, but that is sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I'm a big fan of and do myself is investing in index funds. Do yeah. you all know what that is? I'm no. involved. Yeah. Please tell me. Go ahead. Real free. Okay, so um, well, we'll start off with what an index is. So mm-hmm. all an index is, is it's a grouping of a large number of companies, often oh, okay. so hundreds like, of companies. That's that Dow Jones. Yeah, like those 100. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are the, in, yeah, okay, those, cool. those are the indexes. Yeah. And what you can do is you can invest in um, a fund mm-hmm. which algorithmically tracks this index. Yeah. It's not a fund that is managed by someone where they've picked certain stocks. Yeah. It's just a fund that when the market goes up, mm-hmm. um, for example, the UK market um, correlates with the FTSE, uh, then that fund goes up. Yeah. And it's really good because it's for people who don't want to do too much uh, research on individual companies mm-hmm. and they're also very cheap to run. So you don't need mm-hmm. to monitor them, monitor them too much. I think well. I saw the other day, was it, I think it was Fidelity who yeah. basically they run accounts. They're now, I think there's some accounts where there's a zero, it's like a 0% brokerage fee or something now. Yeah, yeah. Because they're um, really trying to compete. Yeah, Free Trade as well is a, is an app that's come yeah. out where you perhaps don't get as much choice over the investments that you invest in, but mm. there's no com- commissions because yeah. the very first stock I bought was in Unilever. Me too, actually. Oh, really? nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was the very first stock I bought was yeah, yeah. yeah, just yeah, for yeah. the record they spudded each other over that little yeah, that was really, it was really beautiful it was sorry, cute, sorry. Yeah. every investment um, yeah so I bought, bought Unilever on, on HL Hargreaves me too down. on HL and, and I got charged 11.95 yes yes two pound yeah. I put in 50 pounds yeah 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 going like yeah I'm going to invest 50 pounds uh-huh. 30 something quid appeared on the screen wow then over the course of the year it rose 20-30% yeah and then I sold it again because you pay trading fees when you sell for a yeah. break-even 30-something quid. And that was my first, <laughs> that was your first investment. experience yeah. of yeah. investing. Yeah. But with an index fund, what you're doing is, so we're talking about risk. Mm. There's three ways to mitigate against investment risk. Mm-hmm. First thing you want to do is you don't invest all of your money at the same time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's a principle called pound cost averaging, which is where actually yep. if you have a large amount of money, you split it up into little chunks and you drip feed it into the market over a long period of time. I have a lot of clients at the moment asking me about Brexit. Should I invest before or after Brexit? I just say, just don't throw all your money at the same time and break it up. 
Mm. Second thing is you invest, you diversify your money. So you don't invest all your money in the same place. Okay. Um, you can do that by buying individual stocks or you can do that by investing in a fund like the one that I just described. And the third and surest way is to invest for as long as you possibly can because mm. compound returns, the way investing works, yeah. the longer you invest for, mm -hmm. the more chance your investments get to grow. I'd like to illustrate this to you with an example. Mm -hmm. So this is a question that I ask people at my um, at my events. So I think I know what you're going to ask. Let's pretend you've just won the lottery mm -hmm. and a letter comes home detailing your winnings. Mm -hmm. Letter says, select option A to have 10 million pounds wired to your bank account at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the second one, and option B says, select this option to have one pound wired to your bank account by the end of the day. And so long as you promise not to spend it, we will double it every day for the next 30 days. For the next 30 days? Yes. I mean, it depends on your time horizon, but there will be a point in time where option B will be better than option A. No, but only for, you said but for 30 days. 30 days. Yeah. 30 days. One oh. pound doubled for 30 days. I pick one option to the B. power of Wait, hold on. I, my maths is so B. bad. My maths is so bad because it's not one to the, it's not one to the power of thirty, is it? it no, that's what it is. It's, it it's is, one. Yeah. It's one times two to the power of thirty. One times two to the power of thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Which that sounds like that sounds like it's more than ten million. Ten bucks, which yeah. it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm in a room full of very smart people because yeah. for anyone listening, if you picked option A, you'd be a multimillionaire. If you picked option B, you'd be a billionaire. Yeah. All that Cambridge education didn't go for nothing, bro. Because <laughs> that's how that's how compound returns so, work. You leave it in. So often So how much would you stand to make? A, a bit would it be a billion? One, one, one doubled time? thirty times is one point one billion. Wow. <sighs> Money. So Money. The, the, the the thing also as well is when you invest as well, especially if you invest in stocks that pay dividends and, and Unilever is one of those companies where people buy Unilever a lot of the time. There are um, like dividend stocks. So mm. Another common one in the UK is Vodafone. Mm -hmm. um, generally, these companies, you don't buy them for the price going up, price appreciation kind of thing. You buy them because they have a lot of cash. They're cash cows. Lever is it's an incredible company in terms of its cash flow generation kind of thing. Unilever, yeah, Unilever, mm. um, and so is Vodafone as well, despite all the pressures and, and whatever. And you get a dividend. So, and often what you can ask someone to do, you can ask your broker. There's an option for you to say when you get the dividend paid to you, do you reinvest the stock right. back? Mm. Yeah, you always reinvest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do, and that. Uh, helps you as well. So mm. you you not only get the price appreciation if you want, and you mm. can cash that out. So if it goes up from 100 to 200, you've got that cash, but you've also got that dividend as well. So you've got that extra bit of cash. They do that. And the... the well, i got a question though. Like, okay, reinvesting in a company that is doing well mm. makes sense. Mm. But how do you know that it's, you know, well, you don't know that it's always going to be doing well. How do you know that... That's the difference between active and passive investing, okay. right? Yeah. So when you... As Timmy was saying, like there's the... When you invest in like these funds, mm -hmm. these trackers, mm -hmm. that is um, passive investing. You got cash, you don't want to do any research, but you you're just sitting on cash. Doesn't have to be that much either. Can can start off on on couple couple hundred and stuff. It's good just to do it and to start. Like yeah. because of my job now, I don't I I don't um, buy any stocks. I'm not allowed yeah, to without declaring. Oh, really? it. I have to because I'm because I yeah. I give advice and I look at um more on the debt side, but because I look at these companies. I just for the just for my own sanity, I don't buy any stocks anymore okay. or right. sell them. Mm. But I am allowed to put my money in a tracker because the idea is I'm so far removed from the process yeah. um, that I can just put my money there. So I do that, and you just put you give it to someone, someone who puts it in a tracker, and then boom, and they've done it all for you. It's diversified your risk because if you let's say you buy. Um, Let's see a stock that's done pretty well this year. JD Sports has done yeah, quite very well good this company. year. Really good. It's done really well this year. Um, Who do they own again? Because um, they own a few brands, don't they? They own Blacks and things like that as well. It's not just JD. They yeah, they yeah. Own a group they, of, yeah. I've stolen Rock as well, I think, but they've done really well. Okay. Um, however, you if you just buy JD, and let's say you buy uh, Boohoo as well and kind of the consumer brands, you, you've yep. given yourself you've given yourself a certain type of exposure. Mm. Now, that exposure is very different to owning somebody like, uh, I don't know, Vodafone or owning stocks in BMW or owning stocks in Boeing. So when you own one stock or a set of stocks, you are giving yourself what we call idiosyncratic individual risk. So a way you can diversify that is just by, look, I'm going to put money in a tracker on FTSE 100, market goes up, you make money, market goes down. 
you don't make money. And obviously that means that you're now, it's a different kind of risk. There's always a risk. Mm. So if you, you know, you put your money in a passive account and then the economy tanks and FTSE 100 goes down and Dow mm. Jones and these things, Cacaron goes down, your value will go down as well. But that's a, that's a more macro kind of risk that you've exposed yourself to exactly. as opposed to a kind of individual thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And you're exposed to like, more, like for instance, you know, 100, 200 companies as opposed to just the one. So it's unlikely... I mean, all... even if exactly at the mm. same time, unless yeah. it's like an economic downturn. But if one company tanks or one industry tanks, um, you're still diversified enough where your portfolio is not completely invested in that one industry. So mm. the other ones will be able to um, will average out such that the loss you take isn't that great, which is why I personally prefer to invest in an index. Yeah. So do you all, I know you said you'd, so you don't invest anymore, Tom? No, I do, but not not individual <coughs> stock picking like I did a long time ago. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quaker, really you want. invest, right? Yeah, but yeah. not not in individual stocks. I have just in a uh, index one, so like passively. Okay. Because I I haven't started my investment journey at all yet. I've not done any of that, and that's now that I'm sort of getting closer to thirty. I feel like I'm gonna put your cash. It's time to, to start. Now's a, now's a great time to start. Mm. Yeah. Let's let's use like Patrick as a case study, for instance, because like he's not. Um, you know, he's not an isolated case. There's going to be many people in the same position where they don't really know much about investing, mm, yeah. and they're just starting in the journey. Might mm. be in the late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, I'm a complete novice. Um, so my my boss at my old job was encouraging me to um, open up uh, help to buy ISO, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made a very good case for it at the time. It was compelling, but I can't remember what he was talking about. <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, Tim, as, someone, let's, yeah let's, 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 as someone that's like a complete novice like me and I'm sort of getting to the age of 30 where, you know, you want to settle down a bit more and just kind of actually have money to play with. Mm. What would your sort of advice be to a person like me? I'm going to take notes. Okay, so off. firstly, <laughs> I would say if you're paying, if you're if you're servicing any high interest credit card or um, loan debt, pay mm. that off mm-hmm. because net, you will be losing money if you do that as well as investing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to- relation to Yeah, go on. I was going to say something, but student go fi- um, yeah. Your student loans. Student loans are very different type of debt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you pay it only when you earn over a certain yeah. threshold and mm-hmm. after 25, 30 years, it's written off. It's more of a student tax yeah. that's, that's than the anything else. Too, but is there, is there an, a benefit right. in paying it off up front. There's no benefit in paying it off up front. Pay wow. as little as you possibly Good. can. I was wow. going to say, okay. my, my my fiduciary responsibility says, <laughs> no, 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 seriously, seriously, because I know people will listen, I don't want to get in trouble. But then my fiduciary responsibility says that if you come to me and ask me what do I do with my money, I have to ask you questions first, mm-hmm. what your aims are with your money. So oh, I okay. can give you advice. Of course, so yeah. the question I'd have to ask you, yeah. even though that's, that's great advice, but the first question I'd have to, from a professional standpoint, mm. if you said I need advice, I'd have to ask you, what are your aims with your money? What do you want to do? Is it debt reduction? Is it saving for a holiday, a house? What do you want to do with your money? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I guess I've never really, in my mind, it's like, I just want to build up my wealth away from, basically, I just want to stop myself from just spending my money on, Things that don't appreciate. I want to do something with my money. I mean, right. Stop spending your money on things that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Frivolous. Okay. Things. Yeah. Okay, you want your yeah, money yeah, to work yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's it's very simplistic, but that's basically no, it. No. Mm. So I think um, it's good practice to. So let, let's assume that your you've, you've paid off your your um, debts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good practice to have a, like an emergency pot of okay. money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be too prescriptive over how much money this is, but essentially the question you want to ask yourself is, mm. if I was to lose my primary source of income today, mm. how many months worth of expenses do I want to have saved away mm. until I find another one? Mm-hmm. For some people, that's one month. For some people, it's three. For some people, it's six. Mm-hmm. Um, once you have that amount of money saved, you can open... There's lots of different... Um, vehicles open to you. So you mentioned the help to buy ISA, mm-hmm. which closes on the 30th of November, by the way. Yeah, so yeah, if you have really a quid, you can open one and uh, contribute to it. You can open a lifetime ISA. Okay. If in your objectives, you want to buy a house, that's £4,000 a year that you can save and receive a 25% government bonus on. Mm. And you can use it to purchase a house up to £450,000. 
Okay. And a 25% return on your money is pretty much unheard of. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah. That's a, that's so you get a grand for every four grand that you put in. Yes. But you can only put up to four grand in that account. In in every tax year. Every tax year. So yeah. it's up yeah. to four grand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. if you open the ISO, you can't open any other ISO. Or... So, the, so I get, you know, the question I get asked about most is how ISOs work. Because I just think the way that they're explained is really, um, is really bad, essentially. Mm. If you open up... Um, so there's lots of, well, I'll start with the allowance. So the ISA allowance, this tax year is 20,000 yeah. pounds. Yeah. Tax-free. Tax-free, mm. maybe. So imagine if you were to put, you know, uh, if you had 20 liters of water and you had lots of different pots you could put that water in, yeah. that is how ISAs work. Ah, really? Okay. So you can have a cash ISA pot, a stocks and shares ISA pot, a lifetime ISA pot, an innovative finance ISA pot. As long as you don't put in more than £20,000 across all of them, mm -hmm. then you're you're good for the okay, tax year. Okay, so you can have several ISAs. Yeah. Um, so long as you don't exceed your 20,000. £20,000. £20, okay. And you can't contribute to more than one of the same type within right. a okay. tax year, but okay. you can have ones from previous tax years open. Okay, okay, cool. Um, so if you wanted to buy a house, you could do a lifetime ISA. Or if you simply wanted to grow your wealth, you could open a stocks and shares ISA and invest mm -hmm. in, in an index fund like we've just discussed. Mm -hmm. And we know from decades worth of stock market data that the market appreciates at about 7% a year. Mm -hmm. And that, that turns one pound into two pounds every 10 years. Mm. Okay. Okay. Cool. And so actually, I, I wanted just to ask a kind of um, technical question. So mm. you buy... You buy stocks in a stocks and share ISA. Mm -hmm. Do you have to pay the capital gains? No. So because you're insulated from that's the. A, that's a very good question. So um, an ISA is sheltered from tax. So it means that any capital gains or income that your investments generate you no within it, no you don't pay any tax on it. Now, obviously, when you're first starting out, mm. um, that will only relate to small sums of money. Yeah. But as Kweku mentioned, with the people who are part of the financial independence community, these are people who build up, you know, sums large enough to live off the interest from their investments. Right. And that tax shelter makes uh, makes a lot of difference once you get into those sure. higher sums. You'll notice sure. this is why, and when we talk about... Um, tax shielding and things like that. And this is why you find that um, years ago, I think the rules have somewhat changed, but you find this is why a lot of companies issue debt um, because there's a tax shield on debt because you can companies can get their money back on debt that's issued. Um, and also more importantly for, um, you often, yeah, I don't know if the rules have changed, but for homeowners as well, mm. um, they could, you could basically claim, I think you could claim some tax back against the rent that you owned or even the money that you spent on renovation you could claim back against your tax because mm. it was an investment. So it was kind of, people often think of like tax shields and this is not, it's not illegal. It's like a government kind of just incentive for you mm -hmm. to go and do this as well. So mm. kind of once you start making enough money, you have to start thinking about how do I, how do I keep, not the taxman out because the taxman will still be involved, but how do I shield myself? How do you minimize mm. yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. And, and in these situations, is this something whereby you would get a tax return or is it like you? No, so the, when, when you're in your stocks and shares ISA mm. in whatever platform you're investing in, mm. the money would be paid in. Sometimes it's twice a year. Sometimes it's once a year. Mm -hmm. Like an interest payment would be paid into your bank. It would just, it would just land. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then if we, uh, just thinking more in more practical terms, yeah. it's like understand your own psychology. So okay. Word. when it comes to stuff like saving, um, you know, it's a very normal thing for people to get paid Spend, 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 and then save if they have any money left I, at the I end did, of the I month. I do it the other way around. Pay yourself first. Yeah, yeah. Save on do. the day that you get paid. Do you know what I do? That's what I do. I've, mm. I've, it, I took me years to do it. But mm. what I do first is, right, everything goes to, not everything, but I have I have a significant portion of my salary that just goes straight into savings slash emergency funds and stuff mm. like that. That's the first mm. thing. And I just try, and it's not to say I've, Listen, by the grace of God, I've enjoyed life, but I've saved to enjoy life, in it. Mm, so, mm. and that's the thing, because I realized that, listen, yeah, it's like, this is what we see, unfortunately, with a lot of um, footballers and stuff, because they haven't, haven't, they often haven't, and sports stars in general, because they, they haven't had like the financial education. These men are getting oh, just loads of money, do you know what I mean? But they're blowing it because they're thinking, it's going to, what's going to be here is going to be here Forever tomorrow. Keep yeah. coming, but that's yeah. not the case, in it? So, mm. I, I'd say as well, is, yeah, just save save money first 
But to do that, you need to understand your expenses as well. Mm, Can't yeah. just save everything 100% because mm. you won't have utility money and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. know your budget. Um, yeah. Know your know the core expenses. There are certain expenses that you just cannot let go of, like yeah. rent or mortgage, electricity, yeah. countertax, all of that have stuff. Have you automated that process or do you still like, you know, get your salary then you, you know? Uh, I... I still do it individually. Okay. I've, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't automate it. Mm. Um, and I like to, to budget as well. Just like mm. have a rough budget as well. Just because I don't want the money to go so much in it. So I have a budget or mm. I might have a target in the year. Of, okay, this is how much I'm making and stuff like that. And, da, 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 da. and it's, it's helped me. Listen, by the grace of God, I've gone on lots of holidays. Mm. And I haven't, I haven't like overstretched myself to do it either. Mm, mm. It's just like, you know what? Because I didn't really do anything last year. So I was like, let me just save yeah. And work hard and do that, do that. And I've been able to enjoy that and, you know, get some money from some tracker funds as well and whatever and take some of that out, not all of it as well. Because mm-hmm. you you got to live life, but you have the option to do it as well. But mm-hmm. it takes... And in fact, the... What's his name? Kipchoge, the, the marathon runner that broke the two-hour... Amazing. Distance. He said the only way to be free is by having discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think with money sometimes, we have to be... That, we have to be disciplined right. with money. And because... Yeah. The one thing that gets to me with like the financial world is there's so much jargon sometimes. Ah, oh, this and this and this is what kind of puts me off. But don't be put off. And people are put off by mm. going into the stock market because they see, oh my God, stock market is crashing. Or you see a chart of... Um, Do you know what? I just see all them little them codes and the, the the decimal points and all that stuff on the ticker takes. And I just think, rah, like what does all that mean? But like, obviously I understand that it means something to someone that has the know-how. In the same way for me, like if I see a sheet of music, I can read it fine because I've been yeah. taught how to read it. Yeah. But it's like that, the way that I can understand that and for someone else, that's a different language. That's how it is for yeah. when I see mm-hmm. like numbers and figures and especially yeah. when it comes my, to my, my question to you would be, mm. um, like do you, have, you have a workplace pension, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Is that pension being held in cash or is it being invested? See, I don't even know. That's the thing. I think it's being invested, but it's like yeah. these kind of things. It, like will, you... it will be being invested mm. because one of the biggest risks to all of us with our money is leaving it in cash. Okay. Because if we come back to the rich dad, poor dad thing, one of the key takeaways for me from that book is that money isn't real. Yep. Yeah, bruv. It so isn't right. real. Economists don't believe in the things, context of inflation. Things that mm. we could buy um, and sell yep. in the 90s are now worth double the price yeah. because the price of things tends to go up and up and up. Mm. And inflation is like, you know, it's gravity. It's this yeah. force that's constantly exerting a, a downward pull on the purchasing power of your money. Right. The way to escape this is to put your money on the treadmill so it can keep pace okay. with mm-hmm. inflation. So it can put on mass. So it can, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get that now. Because you know, like, for example, so you know when people say, ah, when people often give the uh, inflation is basically putting loads and loads of zeros on onto your cash, but yeah. when people say ah oh, like a hundred pounds, you know, twenty years ago is worth a thousand pounds now, mm. that's inflation. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand you know, what inflation so. is, but um, question to the economist, to the three of you. Well, I guess yeah, you're an an economist as well. Um, is there ever a situation where? the value of money goes down. Like you the can get a deflation. Yeah, and why does that not tend to happen as much as... Because that often deflation, I mean, uh, to be in a deflationary situation mm. is actually, I mean, it's not economically difficult for it to happen, but you generally get deflation with really horrible economic cycles where you're not even making money anyway. Right. So by okay. the time we get into... Because you get, you get periods of lower inflation. That's called yeah. disinflation. Yeah, yeah where the rate of inflation is coming down. But for the value of goods and services or the monetary value of goods and services to actually not just slow down, but to decrease, yeah. probably means, God forbid, you'd be out of a job and all sorts of wahala, yeah. do you know what I mean? Right. So it does, it, it it has happened. Yeah. Um, so, and whatnot, but it as just long as this, as long as our monetary system continues, and, and keeps on printing cash as well. Bear that in the mind. The value of things will always well, go up. The Bank of England has an inflation target of 2% a year. They're very happy mm-hmm. yeah. for the um, the levels to go up mm-hmm. at a certain rate. Mm-hmm. Plus or minus mm-hmm. like but, 1%. Yeah, what, right, what, what does that mean in like practical terms though? Like what is that right, reflection so of? Why, is, why, why do the value of things just constantly go up? So, I mean, 
There are loads of theories as to why, but mm. an example is the fact that there is much more money circulating around in the economy because money gets printed around means the value of um, the value of the value of let's say you got a ten pound note, mm-hmm. right? There were hundreds of millions more ten pound notes being put into the system today, which means the ten pound note that you hold yesterday is worth less today because mm. there's more in circulation. Okay, oh, so, does that, now, so does that and, mean... And wait, this, okay. this, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, but no, there's, no. Two, there's two steps to this. Yeah. The money that we use is chasing the same thing. Generally, obviously our money goes yeah. in different ways, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you're going to the shop and you're buying food or you want to buy a house mm-hmm. and you want to buy... A house is different because it's a different asset class anyway, but you want to buy certain like things. Like a loaf of bread or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is the thing. There's more money in the system to chase that loaf of bread mm. than there was yesterday. Okay. Which inherently means, and this is, by the way, I just have to, to caveat, this is such a simple way I'm trying to explain it yeah, as simple yeah, as possible. Yeah. I'm a simple guy. No, no, no <laughs> but I just, just, I don't want someone to say, oh, you didn't go through this and this and this. It's very simple, please. But basically, that, that you're trying to chase that loaf of bread. Mm. There are now many, many, many more 10 pound notes, 50 pound notes, 20 pound notes, 5 pound notes, For pound coins that can chase that loaf of bread. So the value of the loaf of bread is going up because you are demanding it. So demand and supply kind of thing. So, okay. So I'm basically seeing that there's a correlation between the increase in population and inflation then. Because as long as there's more people, there's well, always- I mean, there's a, it, that one, no, because oh, I don't want to get into it too much, but I'm then we start to get, No, 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 no. It's not, it's not that, but it, it, it's more to do with um, who who is able to kind of, I'm talking about Nairu here, the natural, you know, rate of unemployment. So basically it's to do with who's in a labor force and who can use their money to chase assets. So Mm. population kind of, but more people who can work in the population and have money to go and- Working population. So oh, there is a, there is um, kind of, but anyway, that's that's yeah, too much economics, man. Too much. I love it, but it's too much. But the thing is, <laughs> these kind of discussions for someone that's completely late yeah. helps you to understand. Like I have no real, like I have a very late understanding of how our economic system works, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I'm quite critical of it. But like when for the, me, like I need to understand, like the mechanics, the, like the crux of it before mm-hmm. I'm able to really. Critique it properly. <laughs> well, critique it properly, but also to understand it and and essentially, you know, exploit it, make money out of it. I know? think um I think you're a lot more sophisticated than yeah, trust you me. think you are. It's trust just me. that we are we live in a consumer society and so we're all really sophisticated consumers and mm. not so mm. much investors. Right. Um so you understand how money works from one side of, of the thing. And sure. I, That's I, a really good point. Can man. I tell you something as well? I remember um the thing is we are all, we all inherently have investing skills mm-hmm. because if I can have a conversation with you and I can tell me, tell me about a company you like, mm-hmm. right? And you'll tell me about this and this and this and, and you'll give me an investment thesis about knowing, me, knowing you've given an investment right, okay. thesis. Exactly. Let me tell exactly. you, many, 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 many years ago, many years ago, um, I was on an event and I, I met this, I, I met this, um, a woman actually and she told me she likes um, Boohoo. Mm-hmm. She said, I like it. I and like this was a long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. I like Boohoo. I like Boohoo. I mm. said, oh. And it was, we were talking about stocks. I said, are you invested? Are you long? In other words, have you bought any stocks? I said, nah. I looked it up and I said, rah, this is good. Listen, I probably, I think it was before results. Mm. Um, they did really well. I made like a 20% return on my money or just mm-hmm. shy off. Okay. That. Cashed out very quickly because I hadn't looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, and for me, as you're saying about the mind frame earlier on, that was more a trading position. It wasn't right. an investing yeah, thing. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? Bro, I'm you could have been what... caking about now, bro. No, it was, it was, a, it wasn't a big, it was a, it wasn't a large position. Oh, okay. It was, okay. but it was enough to kind of just, it was enough for me to have a little small, small holiday off the back of that. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. Nice. do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the point being, and it's mm. not even a, a brag thing, it was more just to say yeah. that we are all investors and some of us, we recognize the yeah, value. Yeah, we, of rec- we recognize, thing, yeah. we recognize good companies. We recognize good assets when we see them. Mm. We're just kind of scared to get in. It's like, bro, like, you could, listen, fashionista, you could come and tell me about brands that you like. Mm-hmm. And you'll come and say, I like this company or I like whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I go on about Fenty all the time. That means I should be long LVMH. Mm-hmm. I'm not because I can't be. But And I'm not giving advice that anyone <laughs> should go and buy LVMH either as well. Please do your research into that company if you want to invest in it. But the point being is you'll know about all of these things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or, bruv, no matter, you're a petrol head. Mm-hmm. So you could easily go and cop some auto stocks or auto bonds or so, do you know what I mean? If yeah, you, yeah, so yeah. we are all investors. We're just scared to do it. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And because there's so much jargon out there. Yeah. And I honestly think that the jargon needs to be removed from the 
or, or simplified. And that's what yeah, you're basically yeah. doing now, just simplifying yeah, the exactly. vocabulary. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. And also a couple of questions yeah. for Timmy, actually. Yeah. Because um, I think one thing that we do need to really stress upon is the whole mindset thing. Because, mm. we, you know, we can talk about theory, we can talk about, you know, the practicalities of it, but there is a shift in mindset that needs to happen. Mm. Um, so, yeah, can you touch a little bit more about that? Um, and then also probably touch um, touch a little bit about industries that you see potentially doing well. So what, what do you mean by mindset? So... Like changing your behavior, your exactly. So, mm. so be able to have a long term think more long term rather than short term. And think a lot about yeah, think assets success. versus liabilities and yeah, and yeah having yeah. quite a consumer based um, behavior. Like, how do you shift that? Yeah, so I think that understanding the difference between needs and wants is really important. Um, so basically, what does a person need? Their basic biological needs met. It's like the, you know, the bottom two or three rungs of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, <laughs> um, a house, clothing, this, that, and the other. Um, and once your basic biological needs are met, um, anything that you spend over and above that needs to be controlled. Mm. Um, you need to understand as a, your, your um, human psychology, we're survival machines, mm. you know, like the, uh, the wages of um, not having enough is death. So that's why we live in a society where people are dying from eating too much, from taking drugs, from spending too much money, because in our minds, it's way less risky to go into excess than to have nothing. Mm. Um, I think that you should also um, have a, a learning mindset. So read, you know. Absolutely. Um, we live in a really instant gratification society at the moment where yeah. it's kind of like six second piece of content, a video uh, an image here or there, but a lot of the good investing knowledge out there is in books. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And mm. all the books at that, because we have a lot of these self-help books that come out, become New York Times bestsellers, etc. But I think the information that's most valuable is the stuff that's yeah. um, stood the test so of I'd, time. I'd say the foundational... The Intelligent Investor. Intelligent Investor, Benjamin Graham is a very good book. It's a very big book. book. <laughs> it's a thick mm. book, um, but it's... Yeah. Get the spark notes. Mm. Oran Buffett's company, which we mentioned earlier, Berkshire Hathaway, every year. Yes, he, he that's writes, the letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, what, so every so year. Say that again. Every year since 1965, yeah, Warren nice. Buffett has written an annual shareholder letter to the shareholders of Berkshire Hathaway. Okay. Um, it's a company that he purchased as a textile company. It was doing rubbish at the time. And over time, he bought majority stakes in Gillette and Coca-Cola and Even um, Tesco General at some Motors point. Yeah, just GM, yeah. became a very wealthy person. Mm. When he st first started writing those letters, those were more traditional shareholder letters. But over time, they've become philosophical texts. Their education and experiences, And kind of man. just advice on, on life. Mm. And what I found through reading those letters was actually that a lot of the other stuff I was reading about in the investment space came from those letters. Mm -hmm. So going back to foundational mm -hmm. text is key. Warren okay. Buffett actually says that um, the advice he'd give to like every investor and what he gives advice to his wife about after he go passes, for instance, is to invest in index funds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if okay. Warren Buffett says it, then... He's done all right, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Didn't he loan Goldman Sachs some money years ago? Yeah, he loaned a bank some money, actually. <laughs> or he didn't, or there was an option for him to lend a bank a couple million years ago, actually. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. What I'd also say is that at um, my monthly meetups, we go over this stuff. Like okay. We take the really complicated, yeah. the noise, the jargon, and we break it down and make it super simple. Cool. Just before you plug all of that stuff, because I think all of our listeners can stand to benefit from it. Word. Um, Word. Is there any kind of like slightly off the wall advice that you would give? Like something that a lot of people wouldn't expect? Um, your eyes widen when I ask you yeah, that question. No. So maybe there isn't. Yeah. It's no, fine no, if no. not. Um, uh, I. One of the things that motivates me mm -hmm. is the fact that, you know, one day I'm going to die. <laughs> okay. Know? So you got to live life. So Steve Jobs said, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. Death is the like, greatest invention in life. Every, every day mm -hmm. is, you know, you need to be living the life that you want. Yeah. You can't be living pay, paycheck to paycheck in a, in a job that you don't want. Mm. You can't be spending time with people that you, you don't like that make your stomach churn. You need to um, <laughs> live the life that you want as much as you possibly can. Mm. And having good management of money yeah. will will pay back yeah. dividends on that front. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also, someone once Facts. said to me on, on mindset as well was, 
um, I think it was, this might have been in Rich Dad Poor Dad actually that um, basically the story I won't give it away but it talks about having a rich dad and a poor dad the poor dad was like the biological yeah, yeah, dad yeah. and rich dad was kind of someone who you know kind of actually gave good advice mm-hmm. um, when it came to being able to afford something he said that um, poor dad used to say I can't afford it rich dad used to say how can I afford this mm-hmm. understanding what you said earlier to me about there's a time element to this thing as well. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes okay. it's not everyday immediate gratification. Okay, yeah. Sometimes you have to work toward that goal. Right. And it's not, I can't afford it. It's, okay, how do I afford it? What steps do I have to take to, to do it? Is it mm. a bit more saving or kind of investing or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing as well. So it's a good point when you made about mindset as well. So thank you. So, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, Timmy, plug your- Plug, man. Plug, plug. your- I'm not going to use profanity. Just plug <laughs> what you do. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, at, um, at Mr. Money Jar. That's money spelled M N Y. And I also do a monthly personal finance and investing meetup in Brixton. Mm-hmm. And so you, every, said, you said that was free as well. It's free uh, to for everyone to attend. Uh, the next one's on the 29th of October, oh, and it's cool. going to be on getting on a property ladder. Nice. Will it nice. be there? 100%. Well, where in Brixton is it? Did you say? Uh, like two minutes walk from the station. Okay, near the police station. Uh, three space international house. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. No, I've got a lot of value out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Trust yeah, me, sure. man. It's good. I imagine um, a lot of the uh, listeners did too. Yeah. Good to chat. Yeah, man. Sweet. Do you want to wrap up? Shall I wrap up? How are we doing this? Because you introduced you, it. All right. So, well, I'll yeah, wrap yeah. up. Um, cool. So thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully, um, you got a lot of value out of that conversation personal finance is something that we should all be thinking about and I think the earlier we start doing that the better Word. Um, if you want to learn more about it of course follow um, Timmy and his various channels but uh, that is enough for us uh, thank you for tuning in um, if you want to email uh, you can holler at us at otbpodcastuk at gmail.com uh, on the Twitter and Instagram is at otbpodcastuk give us a shout we love hearing comments um, even if like you want to tell us a little bit about how you manage your money definitely um, you know share that with us and yeah start a conversation around that cool thank you <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah we'll leave it there thanks guys